Welcome back to Speak of the Devils. I'm your host, Caleb Bernard, and we're here to talk about everything Manchester United. Manchester United against the Galatasaray European night. We're trying to bounce back against, you know, a bad, tough, tough night at Bayern. Uh, in terms of the Crystal Palace game in the afternoon, I don't even want to talk about that. Because they, they lost. But, I mean, it, it just didn't turn out for them. But this Galatasaray game... Uh, United travel all the way to Turkey, so you know it's a Europe. You know this is one of the bigger, this is one of our bigger goals. We haven't been successful in Europe for a long time. Tough showing against Bayern. We want to show out against Galatasaray, and uh, a lot of people thought United would handle Tasaray with ease. With ease. Simple. Rashford scored in the first 20 minutes. It was a a smooth sailing. United looked like they had the gas pedal on. Uh, You know, it looked like a normal European night. It looked good. Uh, You know, I'm watching this game. Uh, Manchester United, they they needed this. They needed a win. They needed something because it was just... It was so tough, right? Because when you get your when you lose to Crystal, right, Crystal Palace, uh, it 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 shows a bit of weakness, right? Because you you just pounced them three nothing, and then you show up on the actual pitch to play a Premier League game, and it just doesn't happen, it just doesn't click. Uh, and of course Manchester United, uh, <clears throat> of epic proportions, like the second they scored, Wilfred Zaha. Former Crystal Palace player comes in, equalizes for Galatasaray. I didn't even remember this guy got went to Turkey. I didn't even know he went to Turkey. It was just one of those balls. It was lazy defending. Like they just let him in, let him in. Diego Dallo, like I'm watching you play every week, and he's just he's just I don't know what he does. What am I watching? Diego Dallo, why are you getting manhandled by Wilfred Zaha like that? Why are you, why is that ball being played in such a dangerous area? Why is Rafael Varane, who I sing his praises highly, why is he just staring? And people want to blame Onana for this. Onana didn't let the ball get played there. That's defensive positioning. That's a that's an error on the defense. So. 1-1, one, one. Um, you know, I'm hoping. I'm watching this game. I, I still had hope. I still had hope because United have shown a bit of fire in the past couple of weeks. A bit of gusto, a bit of, you know, just a bit of something. And it, it just it just didn't go our way. It just didn't. I mean, possession-wise, it was a pretty even game, pretty fair. Uh, shots. I felt like both teams were getting shots. It was just, it was very equal game, and it's just one of those games that can show who, whoever has the most talent on their team wins that game. It's just, it's just that. And when you're watching games like this, you want your team to pull out. Like good teams win games, right? That's a that sounds like a stupid uh quote. Like it's just made up. But good teams find a way to win games, right? They don't exactly. They don't – obviously it's going to be a struggle, but good teams find ways to win games. And it's just 
I watch Rashford down this left wing, and he looks so dynamic. And then when the ball gets played in, he plays the same ball every time. He's so predictable. He plays the byline ball. like, And it's just... I see it coming from a mile away. Stevie Wonder could see it coming from a mile away. It's irritating. Switch it up. Look at some film. Do something. Because this buying ball is not working. It's just not it. I like, And I love Rashi. I love Rashi. But it's just, I watch it every week. He does the same byline run where he uses his speed. He, over, he overextends to, to go wide. He can't cut inside. No, they don't give him inside anymore. He's been playing too long for them to know he wants to cut inside. So he takes that, and then he goes on the byline, just sends a prayer in there. We don't need prayers. We need goals. I'm tired of prayers. I'm tired of, of hoping. I'm tired. I want to go into a game thinking we can win it. Hoisland scored a goal, made it 2-1. Call it offside. But he looks like he looks like a player that he has a bright future here. He looks like he can do it. He looks like he he looks like a striker. He looks like our striker. Right? I mean the the way he's settling in looks a lot is very promising to me. Certainly better than any strikers we have on our bench. Uh I mean, I, I would take him over Martial. I'd take him over a hamburger sandwich. I'd take him over over whoever. Uh, he he just looks good. But Manchester United, you know, they, they had the gas pedal going. I'd say 60th minute. Uh, you know, they're going. They're pressing. And it looked like they, they just wanted to win this game so badly. Like, there was a rash for a header that was saved. It was just <clears throat> multiple things that... Just a bit of a, a touch of finesse, a bit of like finishing, uh, just and it and it goes in. And I don't know where they've figured out. I don't know who the shooting coaches or whose drills they're doing, but they're not working. They're just not. These numbers are atrocious. These attempts are atrocious. They get too excited in front of net. I don't know. With Pep Guardiola, right? With Pep Guardiola, right? And I, I know I hate talking about him. He's one of the best coaches in the world. But his teams treat scoring goals like a business. Like a business. Like you have to score these goals or you're not eating. Like they, That's what they treat this game like. Watching Manchester United for the past five so years, they just don't. The finishing has just been absent. It's been non-existent. And that, that's what irritates me about this team is I have to watch them every week. And they get too excited. That's why Hoyland actually gives me gives me excitement because he looks like he wants to score. He generally looks like he'd die for that badge. I know he was talking about it. He looks like he would finish and score for this team. And that's why that second goal he scored gave me a lot of hope. The one that actually counted. And these European Knights, man, they can make or break our season. 
right? I don't want to play. I don't want to watch football on Thursdays. I don't. I want to watch Champions League football. I want to watch my team have a chance at a Champions League final. Every other team has had a chance at it. Tottenham was in a final before United ever since Fergie. Let's think about that. Chelsea has won it ever since Fergie left. Liverpool has won it before Fergie left. So, uh, City have won it before, you know, after Fergie left. We haven't even sniffed a Champions League final. It's been too long. And I had hope these European nights. The goal, Onana, right? He looks like his confidence is shy. He doesn't he used to be a sweeper keeper? He, now he his confidence just looks gone. I don't know what I don't know what these facilities are are doing to players at Manchester United, but I wouldn't go there. He looks scared. He looks terrified to make a play. That man used to play out to the midline. Who are these goalkeeping coaches? Is Lee Grant telling him stay in net? Is Lee Grant telling him something? Like, because this isn't working. It doesn't work. And so, of course, <sighs> Manchester United, you know, they're going to the game. They have 20 minutes left. They're up a goal. Now, typically, you try to defend this lead, right? Surely. They subbed on uh, Ganacho. And I'm just, I'm just waiting. Because I think United, I thought United could sit this game. Like, they could just, they could handle it, deal with it, make sure it doesn't. Oh, sorry, 70th minute, 730, instant collapse on the defense. Instantly. Without fail. Like clockwork. London Bridge is falling down. Every dang time I watch this team. There's three guys back. Everyone's caught out. Luke uh, Amarat's out. The new guy's out. Like, everyone's caught off uh, flat-footed. Everyone. Like, Victor Lindelhoff's making a challenge. He doesn't get the ball. When you send all your defenders to make a challenge and none of them can, guess what you have? A man advantage for the other team. And guess what? They convert. United couldn't do that. United can't do that. Right? So the three points we needed to survive Europe aren't here now. Right? It's 2-2. Two 2-2. -two. Two -two. Lovely. Whatever. Whatever. And I can't blame Onana for that either. Onana for the third goal. What was that pass? Tell me. No. No, 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 no. Describe to me the nonsense you are trying to pull with this lackadaisical pass. Who's this to? And on top of that, Casemiro has to take take out the the uh, you know the offensive player, has to. Gives him a penalty. It's a red card as well. So United are <laughs> we're we're out Casemiro. We're out Casemiro. United's down a man. This has been an atrocious game. We don't have Casemiro for our next European night, which is a world-class player that we need, sadly. Because he looks like the only midfielder that can play defense competently. So, 
2-2, United have to hold on to the point they have. They're putting on pressure. It's just United. It's it's become a way of life. They used to. It's it's painful to watch. This Galatasaray game was supposed to be easy work. This was supposed to be our first game in Europe that we, that we handled. But you know, I sit here. You know, they scored that third goal. I know we're not winning. I know we're not coming back. I know we're not gonna. Maro Icardi went to Turkey. Amrabat, where are you? Why are you so far back? Why are you keeping Maro Icardi onside? Why are these passes so so insanely lazy that the ball is just being given to them? So, European night in Turkey, two three. To Galatasaray. Casemiro is on a red. Meaning he's he's not gonna be able to come with us. Next, you know, next time we have a game, you know, in Champions League. And with those odds, with those odds, just seeing how this team plays, seeing how Galatasaray tore us apart. I don't know. We're playing Copenhagen. I can't name a player on that team. I can't. I couldn't name a, I I didn't even research this Galatasaray game. And I, I didn't even know Wilfred Zaha was on that team. I didn't even know Mauro Cardi was on that team. But if this team? If this team can beat United, who is to tell me Copenhagen can't beat us? Who's to say? Google Google has United at a seventy four percent chance of winning this game. It's at Old Trafford. I I I don't know. I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it because this is a must win now. Just just to make it out of the first round, out of the group stage. This is a must win. You have to win this game. I don't care. And it better be convincing. Like you want to play the game. Like you want to wear United badge. Because at this point, you've gone overseas twice and got pounced twice in embarrassing fashion. Onana, I'm trying to sit with you, my bro. But you need to figure it out. I don't know what it is. Because your, your errors have cost us a goal and we've lost by one goal. If we get if we get one point from the Bayern game and one point from the Galatasaray game, guess what? Guess what? We're sitting at two points. Galatasaray has two points. Bayern has uh four points. Copenhagen Copenhagen's have uh one point. So it's a lot more favorable for Manchester United. Manchester United are currently last in Group A to Bayern, Galatasaray, Copenhagen. In that order. 
So it has to be. It is must win. It is a must win for Manchester United because if they don't, we're out. Europa, Europa might be out of reach at that point. Because I I don't I don't have any confidence that they're gonna beat Bayern. I don't. And the way Galatasaray beat us, I I oof oof. Oh brother. Oh mama mia. Jeez. Hope. I it was just hope. Well, let's turn to something a bit more uh, you know, kind, right? Let's turn to the United versus Brentford game. Uh, after a European night, I was positive this team was not gonna show out this weekend. I was positive. I'm looking at this team. I'm just looking at the starting lineup right now. I'm gonna read you the starting lineup for this team. In goal, we have Andre Onana, right? Fair enough. Back five. Victor Lindehoff, Johnny Evans, Harry Maguire. With Dalo on the right and Amarada, or Am, Amrabah at the left. Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans playing side by side in a Manchester United game. In 2023, someone shoot me. Someone shoot me. Terrifying. Nightmare fuel. This is terrible. Trash. Atrocious. This is god awful. What? <sighs> but we move, right? Casemiro's playing. Mason Mount has finally found his way onto the pitch. Happy for you. Uh, and Bruno Fernandez, the captain. Rashford and Hoyland uh, in a strike partnership. Okay, fair. Okay. Anthony, I mean, it's fair. I don't think Hannibal needs to start. I don't think McTominay needs to start. I don't think Polistri starts. Anthony can sit on the bench. In fact, he can fly back to Brazil at this point because I'm tired of him. Watching him spin around like a Beyblade every week. Scoring no goals, no assists, just spinning like a ba- like a bond, like a blonde top Beyblade. I'm tired of him. Garnacho, he he's all right. I'm still, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to figure out where he's at right now. Cause he looks, he looks like the next coming Ronaldo some days, and next days he just looks like Martial. Erickson, you know, he sat for Mason Mount, which, okay, uh, I think we're experimenting a little bit with the Brentford game, but all right. Martial's sat. He could be, he could be sat somewhere on a train in Lyon, France. I don't care. Get him out. Sell him for something. Sell him for a croissant. They, they just get him gone. And a goal a goalkeeper I've never heard of. I didn't even remember this guy. I think we just picked him up. But all right, Manchester United. That's their lineup, right? Johnny Evans, Harry Maguire at the back. And we're watching this game. I'm watching this game. And I, I'm telling you, I'm ner- nervous. Donnie Vanderbeek, I am on the Danny Donnie Vanderbeek train. I am. Because I, I like the kid. I like the kid. He looks like he wants to play. I don't think he gets the fair chance though. And with the signing of Mason Mount, I don't think he ever will get the chance. And I hope no no no. Well yeah, I hope that he gets under Ten Hog, he gets a chance. I hope he does. But unfortunately he doesn't get that today. So we move. 
Manchester United against Brentford. The boys are the devils, the men in red, are, you know, they're playing. They're good. They're looking all right. This is I, I this is a vintage Manchester United. This is how I expect a Manchester United game to go. Possession on their side. 35% was the number, I think. 21 shots. You know, everything I could ask from this team. Pack pass accuracy was up. They're passing. They're moving the ball. Brentford sitting back. They typically play offensive football. Not offensive, offensive. But they typically play that. They typically look good. So to see that they are respecting Manchester United gives me a little bit of hope. Right? It gives me a little bit of hope. Obviously, from Brentford, the press was up. But they they weren't just willy-nilly just going for it. So watching watching this game, I I had a bit of an epiphany, right? The back five with Harry Maguire might be the might be a move. Might be a move. And Johnny Evans put up a decent performance. A decent performance. He and for me, I if this Johnny Evans experiment works out, like if he just turns out to be the guy, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. it it's all right. If that's what we need to do, we'll go for it. I didn't even know Johnny Evans was playing like in the league until we sh- showed up with him one day. So... I, but of course, as United had the control and everything, like the twenty sixth minute, the twenty sixth, without fail, Onana error, hand on the ball doesn't get the save. United's down by one already at the twenty sixth. The nightmare continues as this team, we have bought a goalie, who is struggling to make saves. He was making saves when he played for his other team. But he comes to Man United, he puts the shirt on, it's just too heavy. Now, of course, there's two things, right? Either A, he will never, never recover from this kind of this kind of slump that he seemed to have found himself in. Because he looked pretty stellar in the first couple games for us. So he may never recover. Or, or and hear, hear me out here. We have broken this man's confidence so much. That it's just impossible. It's just impossible. Which I would believe. Like, defensively, we have like five players in between the shot and the goalie. From where the shot comes from and the goalie. And you'd think... You would believe... That by that time... It it may not end up in the back of that, but <laughs> you might not have watched a Man United football game because this is in the back of the net. This gets buried like Kane and Undertaker in a casket match, bro. Gone. Sealed off. Of course, United are down one. Now, as the game progresses, you watch, you, you think, oh, United might score here. They don't. They don't. You can watch the game... 
He can watch the game over and over and over again, all the way. And no clinical finishing, no no nothing, just defense. I mean, they, they did their job holding him back from not scoring again. But just, like, I, I don't know. I watch Rashford play. I watch... There's a lack of finishing on the left side with Rashford. There's a lack. And it's to the point where I question my allegiance to Rashford because I, I like the kid. He might do well in Real Madrid or something. But he he might not be... Like, I know this is a boyhood club. I know he meant... He, like, loves it here. But he doesn't play like he loves it here. He doesn't finish. And it's terrifying to think, but, like... What do we do in this situation? If we have one striker who can't score and a striker who's in the right position to score, he's starting to get his bearings. Like, if we have half a strike force that averages a goal a game, we're in dangerous situations. It's a it's a terrifying thought. But we move. Manchester United continue to offensively press against Brentford. It just can't seem to break that seal. I don't know what it was. But they just they they're taking shots. They're taking shots, and the goal ten <laughs> goalkeepers making excellent saves. Well, I'll give them that. But if I'm looking at these stats, right, twenty one shots, only eight on target. Something needs to be better. We need to work on a little bit more because if only if eight of those are on target. And later in the game, we'll figure out that two of them went in. Something must be severely wrong here. Something something must not be right. Because you need the force to keep your make a save if you're taking 20 shots more than half of the time. But we move. And it just looks like there's a lack of creativity on this team. I think Bruno Fernandez is not fit to be the captain. I don't think he is. If, if I... If, you're looking at me. If I am Eric Ten Hag, I'm benching this guy. I'm taking him off the field and putting Donnie Vanderbeek to be the creative, the creative guys of this team, because I, because Bruno looks like he plays well, but he doesn't play the ball well enough too. And I'm not trying to hang on to. Like two seasons ago, when this guy was averaging like a goal and an assist per game, like I'm, I'm talking about right now. And this guy right now, he scored maybe a wonderful goal in a in a Premier League game. But other than that, he's just he hasn't shown up. He hasn't shown me why he is the captain of Manchester United. He just hasn't. Now, watching this uh, Brentford game, uh, they called it offsides on like the 90th minute. And then this is when the super sub Scott McTominay comes on. Because apparently the Scottish Supernova has scored a goal on the third, 93rd minute. Making it 1-1. Saving another embarrassing performance from Manchester United. Resurrecting the ghost of Sir Alex Ferguson. I know he ain't even dead yet, but he's just channeling his inner Fergie. Just making sure to stick it in there. Pause. 
And he said, he said, you know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do this. I'm Scott McTominay. Showing a bit of that Scottish heart, that Scottish fire that some of these players on this Man United side need. So, some of these guys need a kick in the pants. Some of these guys need to get a, so, a sort of grip on it. You got here not from being bad players. You got here because you're good players playing bad. Let's remember that. So, Scott McTominay saves our game in London. We we strike back against the Bees. It's 2-1. This is not sustainable. This is not, this isn't great. This isn't amazing. Scott McTominay cannot carry us to victory every week. Has the kid earned the start? Maybe. Maybe, just maybe. After a performance like that, and seeing what Mason Mount didn't do? Start that man next week. Start that man this today. Make Mason Mount sit on the bench. In fact, he can tie laces for everyone on the team, but don't set him, don't start him. I don't even want to see that man in a Manchester uniform. I want to see him on the bench. I don't want it. Keep Mason Mount away from this team. I don't know. I don't know why we got this guy. Why did we get this? Why did we sign Mason Mount for the amount of money we signed him for? Let's find out. Let's see. One question. What's his nationality? Oh, yeah, he's English. He's young and English. Like David Beckham. But he's playing more like David Peckham. This guy. I don't know what he does. What does this guy do? He has more yellow cards than goals and assists. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see Mason Mount play anymore. I'm done with the experiment. I don't want to hear about how he needs to settle in. Guess what? Good players play well. He's done absolutely nothing. So, in in my desired lineup, right? We're just we're just we're just gonna make we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun here. We're gonna have a swell time now. Because I guess the rules have changed. We can't start Anthony because he's bad. Sancho's bad. So I guess we now have to start two strikers. I guess we're going to have Rashford and Hoyland, even though I'm not really impressed with Rashford's play lately. He he just need. There needs to be another layer. There needs to be something else that he provides because the byline ball is not good enough. He needs to find more ways to be able to cut in and maybe distribute the ball a bit more because byline ball is not working. Just slap, just slapping her across the net is not the greatest plan, especially in this, in the premier league. It just isn't it might work in Sunday league, but I don't know. So we're watching Hoyland Rashford. Perfect lineup. I want three in the midfield. Casemiro, right? Casemiro, uh, uh, another holding defender and or holding defensive mid and Scott McTominay, right? Because he just he earned it. 
He earned it. He single-handedly saved us three points against Brentford, which is embarrassing because you either you have to realize that your team did so bad that we needed saving, or you look at your bench and see Scott McTominay is the one that has to do it. So he earned the start. He's earned the start. I don't care. I know I criticize Scott McTominay for being a passion, passion merchant, and he just earns yellow cards, but he he looks good for Scotland. He looks good. He scored a hat-trick against Spain in with Scotland. So give him a shot, because if he's doing this for us, he wants to play for this team, unlike some people I can see. So Scott McTominay, Casemiro, and give me, give me, inject it into my damn veins. Donny van der Beek needs to be playing for Manchester United. I don't care. I don't care if Bruno Fernandes is your captain. I don't care. Donny van der Beek needs a chance. He looks good. He looked dynamic. He needs to get a chance off the bench, though. And I'm, appeal I'm appealing to the Dutch Donist known as Eric Ten Hag. My bro... You have a midfield maestro on your bench. His name's not Mason Mount. His name is Donny van der Beek. Start him. Give him a chance. Watch him flourish. Watch him add some depth to your midfield and offense. That's obviously lacking something. Give him a chance. Now, left side, give him... Left side, I don't know. Because Amrabat, he, he looks like he gets caught out too much. He looks like it gets caught out too much for my liking. So I I want Luke Shaw. I know he's supposed. I know that we got the guy just to give him competition, but I want Luke Shaw. But he's injured. So give me Regulon over Amrabat for right now. Amrabat might turn into a good player, but right now Regulon just look, he he's playing the prem. He knows how the game works. He knows what to do. Amrabat, uh, no. No, I know he plays like 10 out of 11 positions. But he can he can play the other hidden position known as bench for right now. He can. Unless he wants to play right side cuz lord have mercy. This Diego the <laughs> Diego Dalo. Jiminy Crickets Biscuits. This guy is criminal. This guy I'm tired of watching him every week. He's my one he he is my 13th reason why. This guy is criminal. He's terrible. I don't know uh, just, you know when you, okay. So, let's say you know how like people work at McDonald's and obviously they're not qualified but McDonald's hires the workers anyway because they need workers. That's exactly what I feel like watching Diego Dallo every dang week. Every week. I used to ride for this guy, but then he just gets caught out too much. I, there's no reason. There, there's a reason why he's behind Aaron Wambasaka. Aaron Wambasaka doesn't play a lick of offensive football, but he can make sure he put his life on the line to make sure that ball doesn't even touch the 18-yard box. He puts his heart on his sleeve. He tackles. He fights. He actually works to play defense. And I know it sounds hypocritical, but guess what? Attacking football, this, blah, blah, blah. I'd rather have a, defend, a defender that defends than plays offense. I rather would. 
So I'm tired of the Dallow thing. Send him on the next plane to Portugal. Maybe stick Bruno Fernandez on there as well. Because I'm tired of hero performances saving our game. I want to systematically beat a team. I want to have good defense. I want to have a good offense that takes advantage of their chances. I want a midfield that wins battles and creates. I just want that. And I get there's it's not that simple. I know there's tactics. I know there's stuff that goes into that. But you cannot. it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Especially when you look at the wage bill that we have racked up. Looking like Soldier Boy in Magic City. Money all over the place. It's terrible. It, and if you if you think I'm looking at this squad right now, and if you think I am being too critical. Of this team, Manchester United. If you think, even for a second, that I am being too asking too much of a team that sure, that doesn't have the talent, I encourage you to look at Sport Track or SpotTrack.com. S P O T R A C dot com slash E P L slash payroll slash Manchester United have a total salary of two hundred and three. Million dollars. Million. The forwards are making 61 mil. The midfielders are making 65 million. The defenders are making 66 million dollars. The goalkeepers have made, are making 10 million dollars a year. We have we we've spent one hundred or no one hundred and twenty one million dollars in transfer fees. We have the highest wage bill in football. Higher than Manchester City, higher than Arsenal, higher than Chelsea, higher than Liverpool, higher than Tottenham Hotspur FC. We have we have the highest salary in the league. And you know what? We are ninth. We are ninth in the league. We are ninth place. Do you see a disparity there? Do you see how that's not possible? Do you see how that's not sustainable? It, it, there's a there's an issue here that needs to be addressed. Either you get the best out of these players. You spend the money that you want to spend on these players on the facilities, the training, and everything in between and get that sorted out because all the players are complaining that United, who used to be the pinnacle of football, who used to have the best facilities and the best trainers and the best food, they're complaining that it's dog water. It's terrible now. And you know what? You spend all this money on these players expecting them to be Superman, Batman, and Iron Man, and guess what? They're ninth. Have these players only like they want to play for Manchester United. They would be so content to play for Luton Town FC. But you bring them in. And I don't care about the knuckleheads that keep wanting more transfers, more transfers. Sell some people. Get rid of some dead wood. This wage is unsustainable. Your stock is falling. 
and the sky is falling down. Half the players that have the big wages are currently out of the team for either behavior issues, which don't even get me sorry about that, or they can't treat their woman correctly. So what is it? Why is it I have to watch this team get paid so much money, get so much hype, get so much credit for for this is our year, this is for our year. We are the highest playing club and we are ninth. And I watch all this dead wood drift onto our team like a dam. And every week I have to watch these guys get experimented on and played. And eventually, eventually, hopefully I have to beg Eric Tahog to figure out that some of these players are not Manchester United players. Oh, excuse me. We're 10th. We are 10th in the league. Behind Crystal Palace, who we lost to the other day. Who, by the way, spend less than a or more, a bit, a little bit more than a quarter of what we spend on our our salaries. So I have a reason to be upset. I have a right to be irritated with the Manchester United performances because we big money to, to for a sm bad performances. This sets a dangerous precedent. You've paid too many people. It is preposterous. It is it is ridiculous to believe that the tenth best team in the league has the highest wage bill. And if these knucklehead glazers can figure out what they're doing, I'll, I, oh, I'll run up the street with a flag and a flare in my nostrils. Because they are clueless. They don't know. They just have money. They just have so much money. They don't care about the rules. They just think that spending money makes them win. That, they don't understand that there's a chemistry involved. They don't understand, they don't understand anything. They just do it. They don't understand that the facilities need to be better. They don't understand that the food goes into players, affects the players' outcome. They don't understand that the water or the snacks or the hydration that the players get is integral to how they perform. They don't understand that the training facility might need to get upgraded every now and then because you can't run on a not a track. You need that. This isn't a Planet Fitness. Right? This is Manchester Damn United. You're willing to throw the money around. Take a deep look into this club and figure out what in the heck you have done. We have 31 active players. I'm looking at the list right now. That is the most out of any club. Even Burnley FC has 30. Nottingham Forest has 31. Trim this salary bill. Trim it. The, some of these players are not fit to wear the badge. They're not. It, it's just... It's not participation FC. This is Manchester United. I'm just looking at this team. I'm looking at the faces. I'm just looking... I'm just taking a gander at the faces. Some of these guys are young... It's just there's too much competition for spots. There's too much competition for spots to the point where I, you need to get rid of people or do something, loan, whatever, 
Just, you need to handle it. You need to lighten up this wage bill. Because we don't want to end up like Chelsea. Chelsea is playing terribly. They're, let's just look up Chelsea. Because I don't even watch Chelsea like that. I don't even watch Chelsea. I don't care about Chelsea. They're 11th. We're 10th. And we're spending more money in Chelsea because they got rid of all the dead wood. Mind you, they're not great. They're not amazing. But when you look at what they're spending, they're spending less money than Arsenal, less money than us, less money than City. Like, they're on the way down. They're spending as much money as Liverpool right now. As a team that we are competing for, for a title right now. I don't think we are this season. It's just I think we're already punched our ticket out of that. Best we can do. And we, we don't... It's just not sustainable how we're playing football right now. Because it's crazy that we're paying so much money performances that you can get 20 shots or 21 shots, 8 shots on target, and 2 of those are from one of the cheapest guys on the team. It, the math doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense to me. And I, I said, I, I was sick last week. So sick. I, I missed work to sit in bed and I watched Manchester United. I almost passed out. Wasn't that uh, Crystal Palace game? I was sick, sick, and I, at that point, after watching United game, I just I I was just gonna go out like Bruce Lee, just Tylenols and hope. It was terrible. But I'm gonna watch him this week. I'm gonna watch him this week. I'm ready for it. Sheffield United. They're taking a little international break with it. Sheffield United on the, you know, 21st. That's going to be a good game. For all the wrong reasons, though. For all the wrong reasons. Because I, I have to watch this team. And then shortly after that, they're going to have a three-day turnaround. Go to go to, <laughs> go to Netherlands and go visit Copenhagen. And I, yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just take a look. Copenhagen, just... Take a gander at FC Copenhagen. Oh my bad, they're Danish. Oh, I've been saying I've been saying Netherlands. No, they're Danish. But FYI, they're set in the Superliga. So what let's uh let's try to straighten up a little bit. Let's just try to try to get something going, because Lord, this game can go south. This game can go south. Our Champions League will be over if we do not figure out what we want to do. And we need, we, there's questions that we need to ask and have answered soon. January, we need to either be a selling team or a competing team. And if we're competing right now, God, I'd hate to see what a selling team looks like. If we're competing... Because simply, simply put, the wages we have to the wage or to the to the talent we have gotten is not there. It's not. And the, the next couple weeks will we'll prove that. Europe could easily be over for us. Easily, we could be we can be a European uh, Europa League team. We could. Uh, with. With the prem, I don't even see. I don't even see how we get back. How do we fight back? 
Give me one redeeming thing from the past couple games. McTominay, I mean, McTominay was the only redeeming quality of the last game. Our goalkeeper gives up an error a game. He's not settled in. Either his confidence is shock or he's just not a player. He's just not there. Defensively, we're starting Johnny Evans and McGuire in the Prem. So we wonder, we wonder why we're not doing well in that league. But hey, who who knows? Who knows? Maybe we have a shot at winning, like you know, the EFL Cup. So let's just hold out for that, because that I, for some reason we might be able to do well at that. Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire captaining a Manchester United team to a 50th EFL Cup. This has been another episode of Speak of the Devils. I've been your host, Caleb Bernard. Come on, United. Lord, Lord, help me. God have mercy. I am so, I'm in every week with this team, bro. I am so tired of this team.